Good morning. Welcome to Belong. We're so glad that you're with us. And it's been a crazy week. Last week, we had all the tornadoes sweep through our area. And praise God, as of right now, I've not heard there was any life that was lost. And we just continue to pray for safety anytime there's any situations like that that are coming up in the areas around us. And I personally was driving. Uh, we left Jenny's birthday party and was driving down to work, and I drove right in front of the tornado. So as I went through, it went by right at like a minute or two after that. I was telling Michael I was going to joke that you could see the cow flying in the, in the cloud in my rearview mirror, but I didn't figure many people remember the twister reference that that was. But anyway, thank God everyone made it through and, you know, it was $2 billion worth of damage they're saying. It's probably going to go north of that. But praise God, stuff can be fixed and replaced, but people is what it's all about. As you know, if you followed us at all, we've been going through the books of the gospel through August, September, and now October, we're reading through the book of Luke. So our message today and through this whole month have been through the book of Luke. And next Friday, this coming Friday, we will start the book of John, which will be the last of the four Gospels. And I'm so very, very excited about that. I bet you can't guess what the message will be at least one time, what chapter it'll be out of, because that's where my favorite verse, of, particularly when it comes to messages, is found. But anyway, I'm so very, very excited about that. But if, if you're just now joining with us, what we're trying to do is get everyone to read through or listen like I am through a podcast through the, the books of the gospel. So we hear firsthand the transactions that Jesus did and the, and the experiences that people did. And, and people say this is about Jesus and people say that about Jesus and you got to do this and they shake their finger at you. But when you read the gospel... You see that Jesus was none of those things. He was just loving. He just came to show love and show a way out and to show a different, the heart of God. So I'm just so excited about that. And I personally am learning a lot when you just listen to it, just one after another. And the goal is to try and listen to it as many times in a day or in a week or in the month as you can. So if you can listen to it, if you got a long trip, you can listen to it the whole day, and then you know tomorrow do the next thing. If it takes you all week, hey, anything is better than anything that's not being done. So today we're picking up in the book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 25. Now, I think this is a really, really interesting scripture, because if you'll recall, we, we went into great deal... Uh, depths about this earlier in several podcasts ago and several messages ago that Jesus was asked that he's trying to be tricked up and they said, hey, Jesus, what is the greatest of all the laws? And they were trying to catch him because if he said this one, then they're going to get him on the wall. Isn't this more important? And it's the kind of thing there's no right answer. And Jesus just baffled them and he said, love the Lord your God Love your neighbor as yourself. And these are really close in what they're, and they're all walk away shaking their heads like, how do, I, how do I even come against that? And we looked at it. That was the totality of the Ten Commandments. And I went into great depth about that. But I'm not going to do that again. But interestingly enough, where Jesus was out there and he just baffled them, now we pick up with verse 25. Look at what it says. On one occasion, look at this, an expert in the law. So they're always trying to get Jesus. Stood up, look at this, to test Jesus. 
He didn't come there because he was looking for some information that his heart was tender before God. He was coming because he's trying to trip up Jesus. And he said, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, what is written in the law? How do you read it? Like, hey, man, you're an expert in the, in the law. And what, what is your interpretation? Look what he says, verse 27. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Where have I heard that? And with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. He's quoting Jesus. Where he's saying, hey, what do I have to do? They're trying to trick him up. So now they're using his own words against Jesus. Isn't that crazy? I've never seen this before. They're using the same words of Jesus to try and trick him up. Verse 28, Jesus answered, you've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Verse 29, but he, the expert, wanted to justify himself. Look at that. I highlight that. He's just looking out for himself. He's not looking to be there for anybody else. He's just thinking about drawing his own circle and, hey, it's all about me. So we asked Jesus, Here's the aha. Here's the I gotcha moment. Because he already knew he's quoting Jesus' words back to him. He's an expert at this. He's a wordsmith. He's going to play with all these words. And Jesus said, he said, who's my neighbor? And then Jesus replied, verse 30. A man, so Jesus immediately goes to a story. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers, and they stripped him of his clothes and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So he saw this guy that's just laying over here, probably groaning, going, oh, oh, I can't move. And, you know, he's in bad shape because they beat him up. But he's like, man, I, I got to go over here. I, I got to get to church, man. I can't, I don't have time for this. Verse 32, so too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side like, hey, I'm just, I'm just moving over. I'm giving you your space, man. I, I, can't, I can't get involved with this, but I'm going to leave you alone. But hey, I'm, thoughts and prayers, I hope you're all right. Okay? Verse 33, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. Now, that's not to say that the, the priest and the, the Levite in Jesus' story, it's a made-up story, but Jesus is making a point in it. There's not to say that they didn't also have pity on him, but his pity took action. Verse 34, he went to him instead of passing by or, or trying to move around and just give him his space. He went to him. Man, that will preach right there all by itself. He went to him and he bandaged his wounds and, and he poured out an oil and the wine and, and he's trying to help him. Then he put the man on his own donkey and he brought him to the inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, look after him, and when I return, I'll re reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. So this guy stopped where his journey was going on in Jesus' parable, in the story that Jesus is telling. He stopped what he's doing. He went over to this guy. He, he helped him with first aid right on the side of the road, and then he put him on his own donkey and he took him. 
He took him with him, and he's taking him to this place, and he's like, hey, I got you all bandaged up the best we can do, and, and man, I'm, I'm staying here tonight with you, and I'm going to make sure you make it through the night. And then the next day, he continued on, but he took care of all the money that it took. Look at this, verse 36. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell into the hand of the robbers? And then the expert of the law, verse 37, replied, the one who had mercy on him. And look at what Jesus said. Go and do likewise. You see the story that we call the Good Samaritan because he went out of his way. The story of the Good Samaritan is about mercy. He had mercy on that guy that was on the side of the road. And, and as the story goes between how they felt about the Samaritans and the Jews, they didn't like each other very much. But this person who was at odds from nations against another had mercy on him. But can I tell you that mercy costs the good Samaritan. Because here he is, he's going on his path, he has his plan, what's going on, he has his agenda in this story that Jesus told. It was inconvenient for him. He found himself now stopping what he's doing to go over on the side of the road and render aid and give him first aid. And it messed up his schedule. So where he had his places to go and things to do, now, how many of you know you don't travel very fast when you got somebody sick and you can't move as fast as you were like, hey, I'm trying to get here from point A to point B. And so he, he takes a longer time to get there. It messed up his schedule. He had to stay overnight at this roadside inn at the closest place he could stop. And then he, he picked it up the next day. It cost him a day, essentially. But it only cost him in his time and in his schedule, but it cost him money because he wasn't planning on staying the night. He had to reach into his own pocket and say, hey, man, I'm going to pay for me, but I'm also going to pay for him, and I'm paying him for, for him in the future. It continued to cost him. You see, this story that Jesus gave in answer to who is my neighbor gives us this example that we should go out of our way to show mercy, to show the love of God. In Titus verse three, it's, uh, chapter three, verse three says, and at one time we too, hey man, we're all in this together. We too were foolish, disobedient. We were deceived. We were enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. And we lived. Hey, man, this is what described our life. Talk about we're, we're living in the life that will rob, kill, and destroy your life to the full. Man, I mean, when you look at that, it goes, man, we all lived in malice and envy and being hated and hating one another. That's a story in the Good Samaritan. The Jews hated the Samaritans, and the Samaritans hated the Jews, and they hated each other. And he'll say, hey, and Titus is like, hey, we all live there. We've all been to that place in our immaturity in this place when we're foolish and disobedient, and we're deceived. Look at this, verse 4. But when the kindness of God and the love of God, our Savior, appeared when our whole day changed because he appeared verse 5 he saved us 
So many times people in church and in Christianity, they'll say, hey, do you need to get saved? And, and sometimes they, they like try and put it over to you like, you're terrible if you're not saved. Man, this is not all of that religious junk. It's just simply this right there. Man, we were all in this bad place. But Jesus, God, saved us. Look at this. Not because of our righteous things we have done. So for those people who think, man, if I just do 1% better than all the bad stuff, so the 51% rule. So man, if I can just do 51% good, then I'm going to get into heaven. It's not how it works. Jesus is saying, you were saved not because of the righteous things that you've done, not because of how good you were, that they stacked up better than the bad stuff, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewed by the Holy Spirit. We, we looked at one time real recently that, hey man, it's not just the one time of accepting Christ, but it's the keeping on going through. And we see that, hey, the rebirth and the renewing of the mind through the Holy Spirit. Back into Luke chapter 6. Be merciful. This is Jesus saying. This is Jesus talking. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Hey, man, God has shown you mercy. We just saw in Titus, man, we all were in a messed up place. Yet God had mercy on us. So then we are supposed to be like the Good Samaritan. We are supposed to show mercy. We're supposed to be merciful. In Matthew 9, Verse 13, it says, but go and learn what this means. Jesus is speaking again. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. See, God doesn't desire for us to just go and do all these crazy things. And there are some religions, that they'll, they'll crawl on their knees and they'll be bloody and, and hit themselves on the back with, with glass and, and, you know, and they'll, they'll whip themselves so they're bleeding and all these crazy things. Man, God doesn't desire that. He doesn't want you to hurt yourself out of trying to find some kind of contrition that you're going to try. Hey, I'll get to God this way. He desires mercy. He desires you to experience mercy, but he also wants you to show mercy. For I've not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. I desire mercy, and I came for the sinners. Think about that. He wants us to show mercy, and he wants us to get, live a life of giving mercy out because of whom? Those who've missed it. Lamentations 3 verse 22 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. And, and I grew up in a, in a great church in Kerrville, Texas. And, and we sang the scripture. We didn't have the, the great songs that we have today. It was a different era. We actually sang the, the scriptures. And this is one of them. And even as I was making my message notes, this song came up. And, and if, if you know those songs, you're, you're probably humming along there, right there with me. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. But they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Man, I'm so happy that God's mercies for me are new every morning. But if I'm supposed to be merciful just as I've received mercy, 
then my mercies should be new every morning. Great is your faithfulness that you've shown me mercy, therefore I can show mercy. But to whom? Sinners. Those people who miss it, those people who are in my life, that they miss it with me, man, they're rude to me. They're not very nice. You don't deserve it. Yeah, neither did I. And that was the whole point of Titus. He's like, man, we didn't deserve this. God in his great love for us. Look at verse 24. The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will hope in him. See, this is where we have to turn our attention from what we think and how I think I can just do it all on my own and say, Lord, no, Lord, you are my portion. It is you that I'm putting my trust in. It is you I'm putting my faith in that we've looked at so much recently. Lord, it's you that I put my confidence that I'm going to be persuaded that you're the one who's taking care of this. And I'm going to put my hope in you. Look at Romans chapter 2, verse 1. You, therefore, have no excuse. You who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge one another, you're also condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now, I don't know if you've ever looked at it this way, but sin is sin to God. If we miss it by a little bit or we miss it by 10 miles, it's all missing it. We've looked in great detail in the past that the word sin means you miss the mark. But yet, we can pass judgment on somebody when they aren't doing what we think they should be doing. And we can look and say, oh, well, you're missing it here, and you're missing it there, and you're missing it somewhere else. And I just have to pause right here because as I prepared this message and I got it all ready, yesterday I was praying for people, and I found myself in this place of great conviction from God. Because while I wouldn't judge somebody outwardly, I would never tell them my mouth to say, oh, you're doing this wrong or you're living life wrong. I found myself, gets blue, this blew my mind, in my prayer time judging people. Here's what I said. God, I pray for so-and-so because they're not living life right. And I pray that you will get them. And you will then, I'm like, ah, oh my gosh, I just passed judgment on them in my prayer time. We are not to pass judgment on anybody. Because when we do, we're condemning ourselves. God, I don't want to be that person who's condemning anybody else or to pass judgment and, and just causing this condemnation to come on me. God, forgive me. And I, I stopped right what I was doing. I'm like, God, I'm so sorry. Here's what I began to pray. God, I pray that this person comes to know you they hear your voice because my trust is in you that as they get to know you and hear your voice that you're going to show them what you want verse 2 now we know that God's judgment is against those who do such things is based on truth but can I tell you that based on truth isn't that oh I can see right here that you're doing this wrong hey if God hasn't convicted them of that yet then whose truth is it it isn't my truth it's God's truth 
And he's so great and merciful to us that maybe he's given them mercy in this situation that he hasn't really started coming down and saying, hey, I want to deal with this. It's based on the truth of him revealing stuff to us to change in our own lives. Verse 3, so when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them, and yet you do the same things, you still miss it too, do you think that you will escape God's judgment? Here is the scripture that is just one that I love so very, very much. Verse 4, and you, and do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, his forbearance, and his patience, not realizing that God's Kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. Do you not show contempt when you're sitting there pointing your finger at somebody else and you're over here going, God, I need your kindness and I need you to be forbearing with me and I need you to be patient with me, God, because I missed it again. And then we're sitting over here shaking our finger at someone else. God's kindness that he showed to me that I'm supposed to show to others is intended to lead you to repentance. Repentance, remember, we looked at this in great detail. The definition is it means to change your mind or your purpose, to have a change of your mind. It's God's love is intended to help you change your mind, to change your purpose. See, God's love is intended to win you over. It's intended to change your mind. His love that he showed you in the NASB, um, Romans 2, 4, it says this, the kindness of God leads you to repentance or it leads you to change your mind. It's the kindness of God. It isn't the shaking finger of a Christian, of someone that says, well, I think you should be doing this or you shouldn't be doing that or you're living in sin because you're doing this and this. That's not the kindness of God. That's not the love that's being demonstrated. In the NLT, it says this. Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? See, it's the kindness of God that leads us. The the gentle leading of, of someone who really loves you says, hey, let's go here. The only way you'll have a true change of your mind The only way anyone will have a true change in their mind is when we don't judge. We show them mercy. We be merciful because we've received it. Please bow your heads with me. Man, we all need a change of mind. From the world's way to God's way. We all need to be about God's purpose in our lives. We need that change in our purpose that is not what I think, that I'm the self-made man, but now I'm over here saying, God, what is your will for my life? And it all begins with a decision. I always ask this question. Where do you find yourself today? But now this isn't just for those that may be far from God and you know you're far from God. This is for all of us. Do you judge? Do you shake your finger? Do you are you like me that when you pray for people, you're still judging them because you're telling God what they're doing wrong? Did you feel conviction whenever we read those scriptures? Maybe you've been that person on the receiving end of that. You've been judged. May I tell you the great news? God sent Jesus. His love through Jesus to provide mercy. 
See, his love for you and for me is intended to win you over, to change your mind. His mercy is available for you today. Regardless of where you find yourself, I want to invite you to pray the simple prayer with me. God in heaven, I want to know you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus for paying for my sins so I don't have to. Today I receive your mercy. I accept Jesus as my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for making mistakes. I choose your life to the full. I surrender my will and everything to you. I ask you to lead me in your ways. And the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you with all my heart. Today, I give you my life. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe for many times over they've prayed that prayer. Maybe every time they listen to the podcast or watch us on YouTube, Lord, that they say that prayer every single time. Man, that's awesome. That's great, Lord. We're not judging anybody. Certainly after this message, we're not going to sit there and say, man, can't you get it together? We're so happy for everyone who prays that prayer. God, I pray your blessing upon them. Lord, that we'll show mercy as we've received mercy. We'll show love. Lord, we thank you for your kindness that leads me to a change in my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If that's you this morning, we want you to take the next step. And you'll see it at the bottom of your screen. We want you to text the word NEXT, N-E-X-T, to 469-289-1114. And again, that is text the word NEXT to 469-289-1114. We want to hear what God's doing in your life. We want you to email us and tell us, and you can email us info at belongdfw.com. And I invite you to bring somebody along on this journey with you. Invite somebody to take this journey with you. Say, hey, maybe you want to send them this URL and say, hey, will you listen to this? And hey, let's talk about this. And lastly, I just want to thank everyone who is a part of our financial solution and giving to our church. And at the bottom of your screen, if you want to be a part of that, you can simply go to givetobelong.com. Father, I speak a blessing over everyone that's been a participant with us. Lord, that we receive this message. And Lord, I speak a blessing over everyone who paid their tithes and offering this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.